This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We will have to pause on that conversation because we have a guest. It is Sonny Dykes, head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, I guess I'll just keep this joke going. Uh, Coach, how do you replace Deuce Vaughn? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a good question. (laughs) I wish we would have had to play against him. That would have been nice. Uh, yeah, no, it's, we, we had some good players that can be tough to replace, but I'm, I'm pretty optimistic we got some, some guys that can, can step in and, and uh, pick up where they left off, hopefully. Coach, the, the game has changed so much in terms of like the calendar and how much time that you guys put into it, and it's, it's crazy because it seems like that you guys' run was just yesterday, and I'm sure there's been so much that's happened behind the scenes with trying to get set for 23, uh, but the, the, the timing of this, I guess my, my question to all this would be, with everything that happened, it, what's the process of bridging the gap, right, with the incredible amount of success that you had last year and finding some way to carry it over without being hyper-focused on what happened last year and making this a new defined year? Yeah, yeah, lots of good, good questions here and lots of good stuff. Um, you know, the, the weird thing about last year is we played um, up until I think it was January 10th or something. And, and so we, you know, our players got back on Tuesday afternoon and had about four days off and then came back and started school on Monday, believe it or not. Um, and so, you know, the week of the national championship game, we were trying to get ready to play Georgia and we were hosting recruits. We had five transfers on campus uh, that week, and so that was pretty wild. You know, you basically game plan until 10 o'clock at night, and then you go eat dinner with the recruit and their parents and until probably 1 a.m., and then you're back at work at 4. You know, it's just – it was just uh, – it, it was a hectic uh, time, but it was an exciting time. And, um, you know, I think we learned a lot from that process. You know, I think the teams that – were there you know you look at, at Michigan you look at Ohio State you look at Georgia they'd all been there before um, so I think they all had a a little bit of an idea what to expect and how to deal with it and we tried to talk to some people leading up to it um, but it was a, it was a different experience I mean it just it was and you know I think we'll be better prepared you know the next time we're in that opportunity but you know, I thought our players did a tremendous job really getting ready for that Michigan game because it is that that was a different experience, you know, just the gap and then you gotta try to play in the national championship game, you know, nine days later and it was a hectic time. But you know, as you talked about earlier, the big challenge for us now is to kinda get over that. And we talk to our players all the time. We're not gonna dwell on what happened last year, good or bad. You know, we're gonna learn from it. Uh, learn the things that, that made us successful. Uh, try to fix the things that, you know, didn't allow us to win the Big 12 championship game and the national championship game. And then, and uh, you know, try to, as I said earlier, be more prepared next time we're there and, and make the most of that opportunity. Because, man, it's hard to get to a Big 12 championship game. You don't want to squander an opportunity to win it if, if you can get there. And so we got to we got to handle that better next time we're there. You know, they had experience. But you had lightning in a bottle. Yeah. At what point in the season did you, did that really become clear to you? You know, it's funny when we probably the first third of the season, you know, I felt like, yeah, you know, we're a slightly below average college football team. You know, we played okay against Colorado and we played okay in some games early, played okay against SMU. And 
um, you know, and we're able to win some games. But we kind of hit the second third of the season, and, you know, we played well against Oklahoma, and I think our guys gained some confidence from that. And then we played well against Kansas State, and then we played well against Oklahoma State. And, you know, we kind of showed that we could come back. We were down 17 points in both of those games and rallied uh, to win in, in Kansas State and Oklahoma State both. And then it was kind of the next four games was, okay, look, there's something kind of special brewing here, and, you know, can we handle it? Can we, you know, go to Waco? And we had 22 players that week, believe it or not, that had the flu. Um, and so, you know, could we figure out a way to win that game when we certainly weren't at our best? That's a challenge. And then, you know, could we go to Austin and win? And could we, um, you know, end the season and play well against uh, against a good Iowa State team? And, um, and so, anyway, there was there – was, you know, it was it was different sets of challenges, but probably, you know, I remember walking in the locker room at halftime of the Oklahoma State game. We were down 17, and I expected to hear the players complaining and moaning and griping at each other. And you know, they walked. I walked in the locker room. I was going to address the team, and I kind of stopped and listened for a little bit. And those guys were saying all the right things, um, and that's when I thought. I walked in and told our coaches. I said. We can figure out how to win this game. You know, we might have a chance to have a pretty special team uh, just because the players really got it. And they did a great job of, of, you know, becoming like coaches on the field. And so they really – it's really a fun team to coach that way. And, you know, the, the goal is to try to recreate that. Okay, the so field goal against Baylor, I feel like, took years off of my life. Yeah, have yeah. you recovered from that yet? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny is, is – that whole kind of sequence was something that we had practiced. You know, we always kind of practice sequencing plays at the end of games. You know, do we want to – you have this much time and you don't have any timeouts, and is it run, run, pass? Is it run, pass, run? You know, how do you want to handle it? And, and so yeah. much of that depends on, you know, kind of your field goal kicker and how they're comfortable. And our guy was – you know, we always do what we call bazooka field goal at the end of practice where – the team runs out there, he kicks a field goal, and, and, you know, it's kind of a hurry-up situation. And so that was kind of our thing is we ran the ball on first down, we threw the ball on second down, we ran it on third down, and we literally knew, obviously, that it was going to be a walk-off field goal. And and uh, we kind of anticipated, you know, Baylor not calling a timeout, you know, just because of the nature of the situation. Yeah. And our guy was really comfortable. And, and so that was kind of the way we chose to play it out. But – it's funny. I mean, our players, if you ask them after the game, they were all kind of like, yeah, we've done it a thousand times in practice. It wasn't that big of a deal. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it looked like chaos. And, <laughs> and, uh, it, but As was, a fan, I was like, oh, Yeah, my but I was gosh, just kind of sitting there with my arms folded going, well, I hope he makes it because if he doesn't, I may not have a job, you know. <laughs> Sonny Dykes is with us, uh, TCU head football coach. The National Football Foundation described him as a distinguished section uh, last month. Uh, coach, you, you, you said something that kind of piqued my interest, and it's a focus on this year. But when you walked by and you heard those players last year saying all the right things and taking the responsibility of themselves as, as leaders and men, how do you replace that? What's that process like of trying to find those guys that, that were able to, to get it? And it may not happen right away, but that has to be a focus of finding more leadership to replace those guys going into 23. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, you know, sometimes the hardest thing about finding leadership is, is seeing what it looks like. And the good thing about the guys that are going to be leaders this year is they got to see some really elite-level leaders last year. They got to see, you know, guys like Steve Avila was a, 
offensive lineman for us, got drafted in the second round. I mean, he was really one of the best leaders I've ever been around. It didn't say a lot, but just, you know, was one of those guys everybody respected, and he held everybody to a standard. And then Max Duggan, same thing. Believe it or not, we voted for captains. Max got 17 votes. That was it. He wasn't elected captain. (laughs) And at the end of the year, I mean, you know, I look back on the year, and I'm like, he was one of the greatest leaders I've ever been around. And so, you know, what happens, and I think this is just what you're supposed to do in the world is when – you know, when you're given an opportunity, you got to make the most of it. And those guys did that, and Max certainly did it. And, you know, I think if we had voted on captains at the end of the year, Max would have got everybody's vote in the room, I mean, without a doubt. And and so, you know, there was an opportunity that was provided to him, and he was prepared for it, and he made the most of it. And, you know, and I mean, guy, you know, you just look at what he accomplished. I mean, he went from a backup quarterback to being the backup for the Heisman Trophy, which is pretty good. It doesn't stink. There's no question. Yeah. And so much is being made about the quarterback position this year. It's, I know it's the most important, in my opinion, the most important position in sports. Can there be too much made about it? Or are you getting tired of answering no, that? No, I mean, I, look, I, you know, there's nobody that values that position more than I do. I mean, you just, it doesn't matter if it's seventh grade football or the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not having a good football team. I mean, that's just, I believe that. Now, there's a lot of variables that go into what a good quarterback is. I mean, you know, a big part of that is, you know, last year, if you look at our team, a big part of Max's success was how good we were up front. You know, when you can run the football, you take so much pressure off your quarterback and you take him out of bad situations. And and so, you know, to me, I think, you know, if you got a strong offensive line, then more than likely your quarterback play is going to be good. And I'm excited. I think we return – you know, two of the better tackles in college football and certainly in our league. And, um, you know, it's going to make things easier for Chandler. And then who's the supporting cast? And when you have really good players that, that around the quarterback, then, again, that takes a lot of pressure off of him as well. So our job now is to figure out, okay, who are the most consistent playmakers? We think we got a lot of guys that have the capability. And then how do we adjust the offense to get those guys the ball and, and do what the quarterback is comfortable doing? And then that's when he'll go out and play well. And so there's a lot of factors that go into to that just besides how good he is. Um, but, you know, our job is to make it easy for him. And, and you know, that's what, that's what coaching is really all about. You lost some talented players, but you brought in a lot of talented players as well. What is the, the difficulty level of making all that mesh, especially in this era of college football where, I mean, there's so much roster turnover on a yearly yeah. basis? Yeah, I mean, to me it's – Every year it's about putting the pieces together, you know, and sometimes you don't have all the pieces. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some years you coach and you go, boy, this isn't, you know, we don't really have enough guys or we don't have this or this is going to be a problem or this is going to be challenging. And fortunately for us, I think when you look at our team, we feel like we have, you know, the pieces on offense and defense and on special teams. And, you know, when that's a good starting point uh, because, as I said earlier, I mean, there's been teams – where I knew, look, we're going to be really bad at this position or we're not going to be very good on this side of the ball or whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm encouraged because, you know, we got some good pieces. And like I said, now our job's to, to put it together and make it fit. Say hi to Coach Gillespie for us. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, Joe's the best. We're glad we're glad we got him, and he's uh, he's a hell of a, pl- a hell of a coach. He is. You, you got a good one right there. Thanks yeah. very much, Okay, coach, thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. appreciate it. Okay. Ah, look at that. Sonny Dykes, the head coach at TCU, rocking what is, from what I've seen in the photo, an impeccable shade of purple.
Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.